Hi everybody, welcome back to Weekly Haftorah. So this week's Parsha is Matos Mase. However, the Haftorah for this week isn't actually based off of the Parsha, and we'll talk a little bit about why. So you may have noticed that we didn't read the regularly scheduled Haftorah for last week's Parsha. That trend is actually going to continue for the next few weeks. Um, we have a series of special Haftorahs that don't have to do with the Parsha because they're more concerned with telling the special narrative of this time in the Jewish year. So we've officially entered a mourning period of three weeks, and we're mourning the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, our temple. And that period began last Thursday on the fast of Shiva Sarbatamas, so the 17th of Tamas. And that fast is marking the day that the walls of Jerusalem were breached by the Babylonians. And then three weeks later, um, the temple was originally destroyed on the 9th of Av, and that's what we will be fasting to mark two weeks from today. So as soon as the three weeks start, we start a series of 10 weeks of special Haftorahs. And in the beginning, we have three um, Haftorahs during the three weeks, which describe the destruction that's about to take place. And then for seven weeks afterwards, we have Haftorahs that are designed to comfort us from the spiritual trauma, really, of that experience that we just relived of losing our temple. So last week, we began what's called in Aramaic the Tlat de Puranusa, which means the three of destruction. And then after Tisha B'Av, we begin the Shiva de Nechamta, which are the seven of comfort. So those are their names in Aramaic. Those are what the rabbis refer to these special half Torahs as. So like I said, since this week's Parsha is not necessarily Sorry, this week's Haftorah is not necessarily based on the Parsha. We're just going to get straight into the Haftorah. So as always, I'll give some historical context. So this week's Haftorah is from Yirmiyahu. And he's prophesizing really on the eve of the destruction of the first temple. So he's a prophet from the Jewish year 3134, which is around 626 BCE on the Gregorian calendar, until just after the fall of the first temple. Um, we know this from the first Sukkim in the Sefer, which actually tell us that Yirmiyahu started prophesizing in the 13th year of a king, king named Yoshiahu, and based off of that, we know where in time um, Yirmiyahu is situated. So for context, um, the first temple was destroyed around the Jewish year 3174, the Gregorian year 586 BCE. The main issues that Yirmiyahu is dealing with are really warning of the impending catastrophe that's about to happen, the destruction of the temple. And he's coming out very, very strongly of a lot of really unacceptable behavior that's going on in Jewish society at large at this point. So we know that the second temple and the first temple were destroyed for different reasons. But what Yirmiyahu is specifically focusing on are these three, what we consider you know, absolute, absolutely off limits in Judaism, things that we have to, to give up our lives before we, we engage in. Those three sins are shvichas damim, so murdering, avodazara, worship of idols, and gilui arayos, or having forbidden sexual relationships. So these are really the three main issues that are going on in Yirmiyahu's time. These are the three sins that he's speaking out strongest against. Um, the Sefer also really tells a story throughout of Yirmiyahu's life, which, like many of the Nevi'im, was extremely, extremely difficult. Um, 
people didn't want to listen to him. They came out and said really disgusting, harmful things against him. He was thrown into prison at one point. Um, there's also really pretty much a universally accepted opinion that Yirmiyahu is the author of Megillus Eicha, or the Book of Lamentations in English, which is what we read on Tisha B'Av night, which is this very disturbing and graphic description of the destruction that took place during the Babylonian invasion. Um, that is something that we'll, like I said, we'll read on Tisha B'Av and something that I hope to get into a little bit um, in this year. So more on that to come. Last week in the Haftor, we actually saw Yirmiyahu's very first prophecies, and that came from Parak Aleph, chapter 1. And this is where the prophet begins to warn uh, that there's going to be a kingdom. We know that to be the Babylonians. They'll come down from the north, and they're going to conquer the land that is the current kingdom of of um, Yehuda. Remember, at this point, um, Israel, the ten northern tribes, have already been exiled and broken off. So the only really um, tribes that we're dealing with at this point are Yehuda and Benjamin. Um, so that's really the prophecy in the first um, parak of Yirmiyahu, which brings us to this week's Haftorah. Uh, this week we're working in Parak Base, Sukim Dalid through Chavches, so that's verses 4 through 28. And then at the end, we also tack on one additional Pasuk from Parak Gimel, which is Pasuk Dalid. Um, as always, that's linked down below, so I strongly recommend um, to follow along and read inside along with me. So this Haftorah is all about detailing out the exact sins that the Jewish people did which is going to cause Hashem to make this series of events happen. So the second Pasuk, it reads, um, This translates to, So said Hashem, what evil did your fathers find in me, such that they abandoned me and you know, pursued these futile, um, sort of useless matters? And those useless matters are what Hashem is about to detail. So we see from this line a piece of speech that really kind of characterizes God in a way. Um, this time of the year, it can really seem easy to see God is very punitive and angry and vengeful, and he just wants to get back at us. But this line actually shows quite the opposite. Hashem's saying, how could people who I love so much possibly do this to me? What do I have to do to get them to pay attention to me and love me again? You know, we'll have deal. We can never really quote equate Hashem to, to humans in such a stark way. But, you know, the way we could understand it is like God feeling hurt and feeling betrayed that these people that he's done so much for are just completely abandoning him. But why? What exactly is God talking about? The half Torah is going to tell us next. So I'm not going to go exactly Pasuk by Pasuk because there's a lot of like poetic imagery and, and you know, things that I don't want to spend too much time on to, to focus on the big picture. Um, but I'm going to bring some of the major highlights. And my goal with this is really to help us understand just how dire the situation was at this point in time and why the temple exactly had to come down. So Pasuk Vav, Hashem says the people forgotten him and all the miracles that he had done for them. He goes through one by one. He says he took us out of Egypt. He brought us to a fertile land, etc., etc. And the people just seem to have completely forgotten that I did that for them. Pasuk Ches, um, this was something that I found really, truly heartbreaking is that the people, Hashem says, the people who are supposed to be exemplifying godliness in my society 
have just completely forgotten about me. The priests are corrupt. They're using things in the temple to their own advantage. They're stealing from it. There are false prophets everywhere. The kings that I appointed or, you know, that I allowed the Jewish people to have aren't keeping my word. They're not keeping my Torah. They're just completely bringing society astray. You know, we see really the people who are supposed to be at the height of society are not acting the way that they should. Um, Pasuk Yud Gimel, Hashem says, Ki shtaim ra'os miosi, azvu makor ma'im chaim lachsov lahem ba'oros ba'oros nishbarim asher lo yachlu hamaim. He says, my people have done wrong twice over. They've left me, the source of living water, and they've carved out broken cisterns for themselves, which can't even hold water. This, of course, is a metaphor for people creating other gods. It's saying that people have, have left me, the original source of all spirituality and power in this world, and they've gone to worship these foreign gods that are just fake. They're just these metal wood things that don't have any actual power that's what hashem is saying here um the last part of the haftorah touches on a theme that's actually quite prevalent in the neviyah Maharonim as well which hashem says in pasach chaf um kind of compares us to animals who have broken out of our yoke really that's saying our one true purpose in this world is to serve him and we've completely just rejected that service and said no we don't feel like it pasach chaf gimel Hashem also highlights that we're denying accountability for everything that's going on. We can't see that what we're doing is wrong. We can't see that we're not keeping the Torah. We think that we're doing everything just fine, but that's clearly not what's going on here. And we're refusing to acknowledge and take accountability of that. The last two psukim I want to read inside because they're really just like bone chilling and very heartbreaking and you know, for better or for worse, that's really what we're, we're meant to be feeling at this time of year. So I want to read them inside so we get what it's really saying. Pasuk Chav Zion, it says, Omrim le'etz aviata. They say to wood, you're my father. La'evan at yeladatanu. To stone, you say, you gave birth to us. Ki panu alai oref panim. Well, they've turned their backs to me, but not their faces. Ube'ez ra'asam yomru kuma v'hoshienu. And in their hour of danger, they're going to cry out, God, raise up, rise up and save us. Hashem saying in these psukim, people have given these gods of wood and stone credit for all that he's done. He's saying these, these praises and these, this credit that you're giving to, to these gods, that should go to me. This, this is not true what's going on. And yet we still expect him to save us and help us in our time of need. It's this tone of, of I think, simultaneously being heartbroken and also calling us out for what we're doing that's so wrong. Saying you can't expect to not thank me, not acknowledge me in this world, and not expect me to come save you. It's ridiculous. Pasach Chavchas, the tone changes a bit. He says, Where are your gods which you've made for yourself? Let them rise up and save you in your hour of danger. Because the number of your gods is the same as the number of your cities, Yehuda. He says, you've made so many idols that, the, that their number is the same as the amount of cities that you have. So it's really kind of calling us out for how bad this has become. People are adopting foreign gods. They're completely turning their backs on God and almost just saying like, 
Hashem, you're just like any other God. You know, we're going to cry out to you and expect you to come save us when we're in our time of need, but we're not going to return any of our end of the deal. And that's, that's what's broken over here. So I don't necessarily feel like I have to say so much because Hashem and these Pesukim really speaks well for himself. Like I said, we're meant to come away from these Pesukim and feel shocked and disturbed and upset and, and just see what's gone wrong at this point in time. Um, Saftor is designed to do exactly that, to give us a glimpse into all that's going wrong. And also, I think a thing that's important to remember with these is that they're designed to speak to every generation, right? There's hints in these psukkim as to what could be going wrong with us, with our generation, with our individual relationships with Hashem every time we read them. And to me, these psukkim are really highlighting that our relationship with God is dependent on us keeping his mitzvahs in not only in deed, but in heart. We can't just go through the motions. We can't just, you know, do things like Halacha says. Of course, we have to do that, but that's the minimum. It's the minimum to get done what we need to get done. The actually feeling it and having heart behind it and having purpose and meaning to it, that is what Hashem needs from us. Um, I also, one last note, Sukkim are designed to help us look into ourselves, see a little bit, you know, which ones we identify which with the most, which ones kind of jump out at us and shock us the most. And that could be just what directs us to where our work lies to be done in Elul and really beyond all year round. So um, I hope this gave you guys a little bit of insight into what's going on with the Haftorah this week. Hope it helps you connect to this time of year, which can be, I know for a lot of people, definitely for me, very difficult sometimes to connect to. And, you know, it's important for us to relate to these three weeks, not constantly feeling guilty and bad and we're the worst, but, you know, acknowledging our mistakes as a nation, acknowledging what's gone wrong and using that as sort of motivation and momentum to propel us forward and do that important work that we have to do in Elul and beyond. So I hope everybody has a great Shabbos. And as always, get in touch with questions, with thoughts, um, anything else. And I will see you next week.